Welcome back to Chasing Dramas. This is the podcast that discusses Chinese history through historical Chinese dramas. We are your hosts, Karen and Kathy. Today we are discussing episode 38 of the story of Minglan or Zhi Fo Zhi Fo Ying Shi Lu Fei Hong Shou. This drama is set in the Northern Song Dynasty in China, now under the reign of Song Yingzong. The podcast is in English with proper nouns and certain Chinese phrases spoken in Mandarin Chinese. In the last episode, episode 37, Gu Tingye surprisingly proposes marriage to Ru Lan. Ru Lan is devastated at the news because she loves another man named Wen Yanjing. Her parents, of course, immediately agree to the marriage between her and Gu Tingye. Why not? Gu Tingye is a high-ranking official and from a powerful family. He's an aristocrat. Who wouldn't want to marry him? Ming Lan tries to console her sister at this new match, and that is where we start episode 38. Episode 34 and 35 were key turning points in the drama from a political standpoint, whereas I think episode 38 and 39 set us up for the next chapter of Ming Lan's life. To set the stage now that we are under the reign of Song Yingzong, we get a scene of him personally tending to seeds he's trying to grow in the palace. This is to show that he's focused on providing food to the people of his empire and to show that he came from rather modest uh, means for a uh, member of the uh, royal family. This is also a little on the nose if you ask me, but hey, this is at least a quick and simple way of telling us that he's not someone that is just power hungry. With him are four people of interest. The first one is the Empress. This is Song Yingzong's wife. In the story, her last name is Shen and has a younger brother. Which brings us to Shen Guozhou. He is the younger brother to the Empress and a good friend of Gu Tingye. We also, of course, have Gu Tingye. And then fourth, we have Zhao Ceying, the Emperor's son, who we've seen quite a few times already. Gu Tingye semi-seriously but also quite cleverly requests for a batch of crops that the emperor is currently tending to uh, from the harvest as a wedding present. The emperor's like, what? Who has caught the eye of Gu Tingye? Gu Tingye responds, and I quote, Sheng Jia Di Nu, which translates to the Di Nu, or like legitimate daughter of the Sheng family, or one born from the wife of the house. Um, what? That's very odd because Di Nu of Sheng Jia is currently only Ru Lan. If you recall in the last episode, Gu Tingye has gone to the Sheng family with the help of the second brother Changbai to request this marriage. And now he's talking about it with the emperor? The emperor hears this news and immediately gives his approval. That is a big deal, as it's approved directly from the emperor himself. Very few people have this honor. And this is where we start seeing how uh, Gu Tingye spins his web to ensure he marries the person he wants. 
Well, he's already been spinning his web or plotting uh, for his marriage, but uh, this is more on the nose and we get to see how it turns out or transpires the rest of the episode. At the Sheng household, Wang Danyangzi or Madame Wang tries to reason with Rulan to accept the marriage. Rulan, however, does not want to accept because she already loves another. But after thinking through the fact that Gu Tingye could potentially destroy her love Wen Yanjing, who has no power or status, Rulan finally agrees to accept the marriage. Ming Lan also tries to position the argument a little bit differently. If Rulan marries Gu Tingye, she will be marrying into the house of a marquis and could be a future marchioness. That would trump their sister Mulan's marriage. Isn't that satisfying? Rulan definitely cheers up when she hears this. One day at Yu Qing Temple, Gu Tingye brings Changbai out for a stroll to enjoy the fall views. Pay attention to Gu Tingye's language. He's very excited to be marrying Changbai's younger sister. The word he uses is Mei Mei, which means younger sister, but he does not specify which one. As the two are walking by, they hear a woman crying in the background. When they go to investigate, they find that it is Rulan tearfully saying goodbye to Wen Yanjing. Changbai doesn't know this, and after uh, rewatching the scene, I started laughing out loud. A young woman alone with a man? What is going on? Changbai practically falls over in shame, and his reaction is so funny. He's like, you're bringing shame on this family. <laughs> he says, go home. Whereas Gu Tingye sees this and doesn't really have a reaction. We kind of find out why afterwards. Well, back at the Sheng family, Rulan is being yelled at by her father. He has a white cloth with him, which is what people use to hang themselves. He is so livid at Rulan for doing almost exactly what her older sister Mulan did. This is shameful to the family, and he wants to use that white cloth to kill Rulan. My question is, why does he have that? Can someone tell me why people just happen to have these white cloths used for committing suicide just like readily available? But why did all this happen though? The key result of the fact that Gu Tingye witnessed Rulan speaking to Wen Yanjing is that the Sheng family is now stuck. As Grandma Sheng explains to her daughter-in-law or Changbai's wife that when Mulan did her shameful deeds, she, Grandma Sheng, could at least go to the Liang family and request that there be a proper marriage between Mulan and Liang Han. In this instance, Grandma Sheng doesn't think that there's anything she can do because even though she's the daughter of a duke herself, she doesn't think Gu Tingye or the Gu family will care. So they are kind of stuck marrying a Dinyu over to Gu Tingye. And they have all found out that this marriage has been discussed in front of the uh, emperor himself, which makes them look really, really bad if they decide to back out. To discuss next steps, though, and I love this scene. Madame Wang and Sheng Hong go over to speak to Grandma Sheng to suggest marrying Ming Lan instead to Gu Tingye. These two reason that Ming Lan has already been placed under Madame Wang's name, 
So Minglan is also considered a dini and not a shunyu anymore. Besides, Gu Tingye has only publicly stated that he wanted to marry a dini. He did not state which one. Madam Wang says that this works out perfectly. Minglan marries Gu Tingye and Rulan will marry into the Wen family. Grandma Shang, oh, I love her so much. She is adorable in how she, like furious she is. She's like, no, absolutely not. Fat chance. And actually chucks her tea bowl at the ground near Madame Wong when Madame Wong is saying all of this. But instead of being intimidated, I feel she's just so cute and, you know, oh, such a great grandmother. Grandma Shang is probably the only one who truly cares about Ming Lan and wants to protect her. And she's here actually calling out Madame Wang and Sheng Hong for being excruciatingly selfish. The two are just listening and accepting the admonishment sheepishly, which makes everything even funnier. As all this drama is happening, we turn back to the young Duke, Qi Hong. We haven't seen him in a while. It's the day where the imperial examination results are published, and we see that both Qi Hong and Ru Lan's love interest, Wen Yanjing, have made it. Evidently, time has passed where Qi Hong sat through another imperial exam, and this time, he performed well. So this is where there's like an anachronism in the timing of the, of the drama or this episode, because earlier at Yuting Temple... Changbai says we're here to look at fall leaves, and then now we're saying, oh, the imperial exams um, were just, I guess, just happened, which happens during the spring. So within one episode or 15 minutes, we went six months past. I don't know if that's actually accurate, but it might be a bug in the, in the show. The camera cuts over to Wen Yanjing, which is important because... It tells us that he is intelligent enough to place on this exam, which is, again, as we've said in previous episodes, very hard. He has the capability to do well, even though he comes from humble beginnings. To me, it tells me that Rulan chose well. The results are exciting news, and Ti Hong hurriedly returns home to share the wonderful information with his mother. When he sees her, he actually bows twice, and we will talk about this at the end of the episode, as his bows are specifically discussed in behind-the-scenes commentary for the drama. Ti Hong's mother is overjoyed at hearing this and sheds tears of delight. Ti Hong does not hesitate to request his true wish, though. He would like his mother to head over to the Sheng family to propose marriage to Ming Lan. And this time, his mother, Princess Ping Ning, does not rebuke the request. Instead, she sincerely accepts and says she will go to the Sheng family right now to make this request. Qi Hong is overjoyed to hear this. Elsewhere, the funniest conversation uh, or the funniest slew of conversations happen in the entire drama. Ming Lan is having a meal with her eldest sister, Hua Lan, at Hua Lan's place. Hualan is called away to tend to her son, so Milan is left alone. Who just so happens to show up? It's none other than Gu Tingye. When Milan sees him, she is pissed. And 
let's pause for a moment to think about this conversation. In the entire drama so far, the only person who Minglan has ever had the gall to be so blunt and direct with in her life is Gu Tingye. She calls him out for tricking everyone because now she sees that from the very beginning, he wanted her, not Rulan. When he actually praises her for seeing through this plot, she's like, ugh, and rolls her eyes. And now, Gu Tingye finally tells the truth. Ever since he saved her from the bandit attack on the river when she was visiting her relatives, several months back, maybe even a year back now, and she gave him the helpful advice of giving his daughter a home and thinking about what he can do for her in the future, he knew that she was the one he wanted to marry as wife. And very importantly, he uses the word wife. Wow, that was a long time ago, so he's been scheming for quite a while. In this conversation, Gu Tingye fully embodies the phrase, which means that one's value is knowing himself. When Minglan asks him why he didn't just go propose marriage directly, he says he did not think Grandma Sheng would accept, particularly because his past wasn't so uh, great. He explains that he knows full well how easy it is to prevent a marriage from happening and how difficult it is to ensure that it happens. So right now, Minglan is trapped. One thing I didn't mention earlier is I found it very fascinating that when Madame Wang was telling Grandma Sheng about the fact that Gu Tingye wanted to marry Rulan, Grandma Sheng was like, okay, that sounds like a good match. But when they decided, when Madame Wang and Sheng Hong wanted to marry Minglan to Gu Tingye, Grandma Sheng was adamantly against it. This certainly shows favoritism because she was seeing that Madame Wang wanted Rulan to marry Gu Tingye for all the wrong reasons. And now when it's being placed on Minglan's head, she's like, no, I do not want him because he is not a person of good uh, value or he has no morality or ethics. The things that they've heard about him are all really bad. And so she does not want Minglan, her beloved granddaughter, to, uh, I guess, fall into a fire pit. Minglan then brings up the fact that she's pretty much ready to marry into the He family. That's when Gu Tingye steps in again to say, nope, that won't happen, because of He Hongwen's cousin Cao Jinxiu. This shocks Minglan. How does he know about Cao Jinxiu? Turns out, this has been a super long con for Gu Tingye. Ever since he returned to the capital, he's been gathering information about Minglan's family. He heard that Grandma Sheng is very friendly with Grandma He, and young He Hongwen constantly goes over to their household, so he knew more or less what was happening. But the saving grace for Gu Tingye was discovering that He Hongwen has a cousin he grew up with that has been exiled. Gu Tingye jokes that when he heard the news, he was so happy he didn't sleep for an entire night. If I were Minglan, I'd be annoyed at him too. She's staring at him with a face of uh, utter shock, or I don't know, just disdain. I know, yeah, it's disdain. So Gu Tingye put a plan in action uh, so that he can focus on fighting wars and have someone delay Minglan's marriage proposals. 
he was the one to actually pay for Cao Jinxiu to be able to leave her husband's family and be included in the list of pardoned names. He was the one to find someone to tell the Cao family to go to the capital for help rather than return to their hometown. And he was the one to leverage his connections and ship Cao Jinxiu to the capital so quickly. Are you impressed or kind of scared? I don't know. The way Minglan blinks and then he blinks at her blinking is too funny. She's processing what he's saying and realizes that only he would be able to bring Cao Jinxiu over. If we look back at episode 36, when Gu Tingye is riding off to battle, he specifically calls his trusted servant Shi To to do something for him. This is what Shi To was doing, or what he was planning all along. While Gu Tingye is comically explaining his intentions, another important conversation is happening at the Sheng family. Princess Ping Ning has arrived at the Sheng household in order to help propose marriage for her son. As they enter, though, they see a young man with what looks like a matchmaker leave the premises. This piqued her interest. Why would there be a matchmaker? When seeing Madame Wang, Princess Pingying shares the large amount of gifts she brought for the Sheng family. And this is a rather interesting conversation. She doesn't outright say that I'm here to propose marriage, but instead she tactfully states that these are gifts for the Sheng family to thank them for their tutelage, which allowed her son to place on the exam. The thing is, sure, these are gifts to thank the Sheng family, but they could also have been gifts as part of the wedding proposal or the bride price as Pinli. But Princess Pingying was tactful enough to not bring that up just yet. And this certainly helps her save face because Wang Danyangzi does not hesitate to share the happy news that both of her daughters are going to be married. This stuns Princess Pingning. Both daughters? I only heard that Gu Tingye wanted to marry the Di Nu of the Sheng family. Is Minglan already betrothed too? Wang Danyangzi rather haughtily explains that yes, Minglan has been listed as her daughter, so technically she's a Di Nu. Rulan will marry Wen Yanjing, and Minglan will marry Gu Tingye. Wang Danyangzi, or Madame Wang, then goes on to say a bunch of things that's a straight slap in the face to Princess Pingning about how Gu Tingye doesn't mind at all that his future in-laws aren't of a super high rank, how he thinks that uh, the Sheng family are all focused on academics, etc. They're a good family. Everything that Princess Pingning spurned the Sheng family for previously. The episode ends with Wang Danyangzi finally, I would say, turning to ask if Princess Pingning wanted to stay for dinner. A dumbfounded Princess Pingning quickly declines and leaves. Poor Si Hong, you're always one step too late. And that is it for episode 38, at least on the recap side. Gu Tingye has come clean to Minglan about his intentions to marry her. What a web or what a trap to set up. 
in order to make sure that she is uh, the one that is kind of a force into this marriage. Next up, we will talk about some Chinese culture and history as discussed or displayed in this episode. And then uh, we will talk about context from the book, because why is it now that Minglan is such a hot commodity for both Qi Hong and Gu Tingye? That's something that Kathy will explain. called Gang Chang Lun Li. When Gu Tingye reveals that he purposefully butted into Minglan's supposed marriage with He Hongwen, Minglan angrily wonders why Gu Tingye did what he did. Does he not know Gang Chang Lun Li? On the YouTube translation, it says, Gang Chang Lun Li is feudal ethical codes and moral principles, which eh, I think works. At least I can't come up with a better translation. What is this, though? Part of the reason why I went down the rabbit hole and wanted to learn about what this is because I've heard of it before but never fully understood it. And now, for this podcast, I'm doing the research and it's a rather deep rabbit hole. Gang Chang Lun Li originates from Confucius teachings, and they primarily refer to the three fundamental bonds and five constant virtues that make up the structure of Chinese feudal uh, ethics and morality. Or... What in Chinese it is san gang wu chang. Gang translates to bond or like taxonomy in class, and chang in this instance roughly translates to virtues. Or if you look at the bai ke uh, translation, it's more about the relationship between individuals. This establishment of san gang wu chang first became articulated during the Han Dynasty. What are they? The three gang uh, in Chinese, number one, is jun wei chen gang, which means that retainers must adhere to their lords. Number two is fu wei zi gang, which translates to sons adhere to their fathers. And three, wives adhere to their husbands. I roll. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, all pretty uh, antiquated. Yeah. This classifies importance for which uh, Chinese society is based. And then the Wu Chang are classified as thus. Number one, Zhen, which stands for virtuosity. Two, Yi, which translates to justice or morality. Three is Li, or etiquette. Four is Zhi, which means wisdom. And five, Xin, which means accountability or trustworthiness. Sangang Wuchang was not actually heavily used until around the Song Dynasty, right where we are in this drama, though, uh, because there was renewed focus on Confucius teachings. In this instant or during this conversation, Minglan is calling out Gu Tingye for not adhering to morality and ethics by stepping into her marriage proposal. But Gu Tingye says he doesn't care. 
I mean, he has a wife to marry. It's up to Grandma Sheng and the Sheng family to decide who Minglin ultimately marries, but it is his job to set this up and uh, propose the marriage. Clearly, Gu Tingye does not care as much about uh, ethics and morality if it means that he can marry Minglan. This is juxtaposed against Ti Hung earlier in the episode. So when Ti Hung finds out that he finally placed on the imperial exams, he rushes home and performs two bows to his mother, who is uh, embroidering at the moment, to show his excitement. But it is very restrained. What does he do? In the behind-the-scenes footage, the director says, how can we show Ti Hung's excitement in a way that is reflective of this time period? So when Ti Hung shows up, he immediately gets on his knees and kutou to his mother. In English, the term is kowtow. Kowtow has a negative connotation in English, or at least in my history classes in the United States, but in China, it is a huge sign of the utmost respect. By kowtowing immediately shows his eagerness and excitement. The only way he can express how happy he is is by kneeling. Next, after this first kowtow, he does another bow and kowtow. The behind-the-scenes footage again reveals to us that this is a more complicated rite, which uh, we want to spell as R-I-T-E, that is generally reserved for the emperor or one in court. These two bows uh, combined reflect that he is someone who has had strict etiquette upbringing growing up. Even during the most exciting event in his life, he doesn't forget to maintain propriety in front of his mother. His bows also showcase his utmost respect for his mother. As you can see, she was even rather surprised to see such intense kowtows. With that, though, let's transition to talk a little bit more about Rulan, since it is an interesting uh, comparison again between Rulan and Ti Hong. Over the course of the drama, we've seen more and more of Rulan's character. She is spoiled, but a rather decent girl at heart. She also understands her role in her family, but is willing to fight for her interests and friends. Let's give an important example. When Rulan's maid was being beaten for participating in helping Zhulan meet Wen Yanqing at uh, the temple, we hear that Zhulan actually went and laid on top of her maid and took a few beatings in order to save her maid. This is a huge juxtaposition to the young Duke Ti Hong, who did absolutely nothing except kneel on the ground and cry when his servant and closest friend Bu Wei was beaten by his mother. Bu Wei unfortunately passed, while Rulan's maid survived. This is the difference between someone who has courage versus someone who is not willing to take risks and stand up for oneself. In the end, Zhulan was willing to protect her servants for her mistakes in going to the temple and seeing Wen Yanjing, while Ti Hong took no concrete action. I think this is really important. The other thing as well, Rulan knew her place in the Sheng family and said, no matter what, I am not going to do what Mulan did, which is to put the Sheng family's uh, name in jeopardy. She ultimately did agree to marry Gu Tingye. 
Once again, that does speak to her character as someone who, although spoiled, understands what is important for her family. Let's get on to the book analysis now. There are a few points that weren't fully explained in the drama. The book goes into a lot more detail. We'll discuss a few of these points in the episode here, and then we'll discuss more in the next episode. In the book, Gu Tingye does not go through Chang Bai, the second brother, to request marriage for the Sheng family. He asks Minglan's brother-in-law or Hualan's husband, Yuan Wen Shao, to do the honors. In the book, Gu Tingye is not very close to Sheng Changbai. Um, and Yuan Wen Shao, or Hualan's husband, is a junior officer under Gu Tingye. So they at least had some relationship there. In the book, Gu Tingye does not spot Rulan and Wen Yanxing at the temple. It's one of his servants that does this. And as in the drama, they make a pretty big ruckus out of it. In the book, Gu Tingye is also a widower. He actually married Yu Yanhong, the woman we saw in the drama as the arrogant sister at the polo match in episode 16. Gu Tingye and Yu Yanhong marry, but she mysteriously dies shortly after the marriage, leaving Gu Tingye a widow. I'll reveal a little bit more about this marriage as we continue with the drama, but this story or this subplot will be only in reference to the book. This whole marriage is completely excluded in the drama. It isn't really needed, so I'm glad we didn't have to see it. The reason why I'm bringing this up now is because in the book, Gu Tingye's status as a widower made it more palatable for him to marry a daughter of the Sheng family. Him being the son of a marquis was still too big of a leap for a daughter of the Sheng family to marry. Minglan brings up Gu Tingye's widowhood to try to persuade Madame Wang why the match between the two families wouldn't be good. Even if Gu Tingye remarries, the new wife still needs to perform concubine etiquette at the deceased wife's spiritual tablet during formal ceremonies. Usually, a respectable family wouldn't want their daughter to marry a widower because of this. The new wife's status in her husband's family won't necessarily be very high. I've also discussed this previously why Qi Hong's mother, Princess Pingning, is very regretful about her decision um, to have Ti Hong marry his first wife because now as a widower, his prospects for marrying well or as well as the first time are not the same. However, this issue of Gu Tingye's uh, widowhood is quickly smoothed over in the book with a decent explanation by Hua Lan. Gu Tingye has no legitimate sons or sons born from the main wife. He does have a son with Man Yang. Uh, his name is Chang Er, but this son has not been added to the Gu family genealogy. As such, Chang Er will pose no threat to the new wife. In other households, the new wife isn't treated well because there usually is a Di uh, or a legitimate son, and there will be hostilities between the children of the different marriages. Let's look at Gu Tingye's family. His father had three wives, 
And the sons from those three marriages all have animosity or some animosity towards each other. The prime example being Gu Tingye and his older brother. So this whole subplot of Gu Tingye already being married and now as a widow is not uh, depicted in the drama, which I agree because there's a lot. Uh, but I do want to point out that this is a sticking point for a couple of people as to why they didn't want to marry uh, Gu Tingye. Now let's transition to another topic. In the book, Milan and He Hongwen have one final conversation. He Hongwen manages to squeeze a conversation with Milan when he visits the Sheng family. He makes a solemn oath that he will only have her as a wife, uh, but he can't see his cousin Wilt away and goes on about how he has no choice but to have his cousin enter the household as a concubine. He Hongwen promises that he will only see his cousin as another person, and that's it. He couldn't let his cousin die, and this was the best option. He makes all of these promises. Milan at first was very cold towards He Hongwen, and I applaud her coldness. But she starts to waver a tiny bit, because for her, these promises are probably the best that she'll ever get. She was disappointed that the cousin will always come between her and He Hongwen, but honestly, what other option does she really have? Milan does not respond to He Hongwen, and looking back years later, realizes that this was the last conversation that she has with him. Gu Tingye spun the web, and poor He Hongwen was no match for Gu Tingye. Overall, He Hongwen is a decent guy, but a little too soft-hearted, and Gu Tingye took advantage of that. Well, and got the girl. He Hongwen, tough luck for you. In the book, Ti Hong's uh, mother and or Ti Hong do not propose marriage uh, again to Minglan. And finally, we also get a special chapter from Gu Tingye's point of view in which he shares how and why he chose Minglan. The title of the chapter translates to My Report of My Mental Journey to Marry a Pretty Little Liar. As I've mentioned throughout the podcast, in the book, Gu Tingye and Minglan meet only a handful of times, but each time Gu Tingye sees Minglan, he's left with a lasting impression. He's impressed with her wit, her poise, and her ability to blend into the crowd, to play the role of a shunu, even though she hates it. He can see that she hates it, and in his mind, calls her a pretty little liar. Gu Tingye vows to marry her after he spies Milan chuck mud at her sister Molan during a social gathering. In the drama, this roughly translates to episode 29, and Gu Tingye wasn't present in the drama. But, I mean, we've seen throughout the drama how they've interacted. To him, or to Gu Tingye, He's never seen another woman behave the way Minglan does. Minglan wants to be free, but can't, so she hides away her true self. And Gu Tingye cannot help but be drawn to her, even though they don't really interact, especially in the book. Gu Tingye has a heart-to-heart -heart with his nanny, the kind Chang Momo, and tells her that he does want to marry. However, to marry this special girl... Gu Tingye admits to himself that he must plot every single step. 
And this is when he decides that he needs to spin his web. Well, now in the drama, at least he has come clean to Minglan. Will she accept, though? What about Qi Heng? What will he do when he finds out that Gu Tingye is the one to propose marriage to Minglan? We will find out in episode 39. Well, it's the end of summer, and we've been watching some new shows and re-watching some of our favorite dramas. If you enjoyed our Palace episode, please go ahead and check out Jubao TV. It's J-U-B-A-O TV. It's available in the U.S. to stream for free on Shumo or XUMO, Comcast, Xfinity, and Cox Contour. I've personally been re-watching Pretty Li Huijin on it since I'm a big fan of all the actors in that show. There are also some cool documentaries on it that I intend to watch as well. Thank you all so much for listening. If you have any comments or questions, as always, reach out to us on social media or email us at Kathy at ChasingDramas.com. Leave us a rating on whatever platform you're listening to us to, and we will catch you in the next episode. Music you heard today is called Lan, which is the intro uh, or opening music to the drama and played by yours truly.